welcome to Board Game Doctors. In this episode, Lahav after 10 plays. Hey everyone, this is Phil, and I'll be your board game doctor today. And with this podcast, one of the uh, goals that I had set forth uh, that I wanted to achieve for myself when playing board games and talking about them was to go more in depth into games than I uh, typically would. Uh, I, I wanted to stress depth over uh, breadth. Um, even though I enjoy learning about and playing new games, I really, you know, for games that I want to own and play, especially solo, but even with other people, which has been uh, increasingly more often too to uh, play with other people, and, and which I'm excited for. But I really want to have games that I know I will uh, have paid for and gotten a good deal out of. <laughs> games that I know will reach many, many plays. Uh, for me, you, know, you, you take a, a $50 game, and if you can reach 50 plays with that, you know, a dollar per game, I think that is a great deal. And it makes me sad when I uh, see people, I, I, you know, to each their own. Uh, if They've got the, their own disposable income and economy to buy games, play them a few times, and then pass them along to someone else. That's totally great, you know, whether you're doing that just on a market or uh, with a math trade or something like that, that's fine. But for me, uh, my situation's a little bit different, and so I really want to love a game and understand it and on a solo level and as a multiplayer as well, uh, experience as well, when I do decide to purchase a game. And so one of those games, uh, I guess one of the designers that I know I have enjoyed so much that I am willing to just own for collection's sake, even if some of the games I like less than others, I still feel like I want to own Uwe Rosenberg games. They were the games, uh, Caverna, Agricola, and A Feast for Odin were the specific games that kind of got me down the rabbit hole in this this hobby. Um, especially with with uh, heavier Euro games, medium to heavy Euro games is where my sweet spot is. And so I have a soft spot in my heart for these games. And in one game in particular, I had the opportunity to finally purchase after playing the app for a while, and that was Lahav. And I finally got up to 10 plays. Uh, so one of the, uh, back to the beginning, one of the pinnacles that I have for this podcast is to talk about games, uh, maybe at certain milestones after I've played them a certain amount of times, whether it's solo or multiplayer, or even against the AI as the chance permits for me. So one of those milestones is 10 plays. I think after you play a game 10 times, I think you've got a pretty good idea of what it has to offer. And this can apply to not only strategic Euro games, where different strategies emerge, but also with fun social games. Maybe you've played it a bunch of times with different people and have learned new aspects of the game. And and so I, I think 10 plays is a is a good marker. I, I still like reviewing a game after one or two plays. First impressions, I think, are important. They draw you in and, and give you a hook. But after, I think, 10 plays and, and more, I think that's where some of these games really start to shine. So Let's talk about Lahav. So a quick overview, I don't want to get into too many rules, but Lahav is a game, so it, it was the second game released out of the 
Harvest trilogy, as I understand it, after Agricola and before At the Gates of Luoyang, where you are this merchant slash, uh, you know, port uh, industry person handling the the port, you know, Le Havre uh, um, in, in France. And you are, it's a resource management game where you collect resources off the port. They accumulate throughout the rounds if you don't pick them up. You can do, you can choose to do that on your turn or with your one worker, you get to use a building. You, over the game, can purchase buildings by either, well, buying them with gold or uh, building them with resources. And you can use your own buildings. Or you can use other players' buildings for a price. Usually it's food or coin. And you start to develop a, a sort of an engine, a, a sort of a, a plan to fulfill one of the major components of this game where at the end of the round, you feed your workers. It's a little bit more harsh, in my opinion, compared to Agricola, where Agricola starts out with four rounds without a feeding phase, and then you go to three rounds, and then two. Uh, at the end of each round, especially with higher player counts in Lahav, you're basically feeding at the end of every round, and so the pressure to feed is greater, which I like. It, you know, it adds that certain tension, that additional nag at the back of your brain that you have to think about as you're moving your little boat down the stream and trying to build up your wealth by building buildings and, and collecting ships. So, so that's one major portion, or I guess two, you have resource management, uh, collecting resources and spending them on buildings. You have your worker placement. Um, emphasis on one worker to use the buildings um, and the the catch is that you can use other player other players buildings but then you also have the feeding mechanism as well and that's basically it i mean it's it's it can be really fast uh the the way that resources accumulate and in what order is pretty interesting as you flow down the literal river of tokens you um you flip them up at the you know the beginning of the round and see oh you know every time a ship lands on this spot i fulfill or i add one resource like fish and cattle to their respective bins on the board um offer spots so um so that's the game like i said it's a pretty tight harsh game especially with more players and that was my first experience with this game was i wanted to try it out on the app I got it a couple of years ago, and while I was busy trying other games, I had attempted to play this game once or twice. And, you know, being relatively new in the heavy Euro scene, even after playing Agricola a couple of times, I had a hard time wrapping my head around these rules. I think it is a tougher game to grok than Agricola is, in the sense of what the rules are. I've been able to teach Agricola pretty straightforwardly to new players and they have a good sense of what goes on in the game the only nitpicks are like uh building and and how the animals fit in their fences or uh, yeah building fences and um arranging them in in a certain manner with the hub i think there's a few extra rules and things that you can do that aren't explicitly uh mentioned but they're i mean they're they're kind of said in a player aid or you know what have you 
certain icons are, are there. But the thing with the app, I, I guess this is a mini review for the app. One, it's uh, I think it's interesting. It offers a lot of tips along the way, <clears throat> not only reminders for rules, but it also offers you your best action at that point. And so for me, yeah, it was it was easy to say, OK, let me just uh, click on the tip button and it'll tell me what to do. And I do it. And it was great. You know, I got a, a reasonable score at the end of the game. But the cost for that, the sacrifice was I did not understand the game by struggling through the rules. And so the first couple of games that I played with Lahav were mediocre uh, in, in my impression because I never got the chance to really strategize and dive deeper into the game on my own without the app hand holding me. And I could turn those I could turn it off. But once again, the rule uh, load uh, at the beginning of, of of myself teaching this game was was a little bit high. And so it was it was harder for me to go past that tipping point into strategy. Uh, I played a few solo games as well. And, you know, it was it was interesting. I um, I'll get into my thoughts there in a little bit. But then I started to really dive into the game without using the tips. I played one or two, you know, against the the AI, you know, just against another player. And I thought, OK, this is this is starting to be interesting. You know, you want to kind of establish your strategy of how you're going to feed your yourself at the end of each round, whether you get a building like, you know, I forget what the buildings are called, but you have one that turns grain into to more food or maybe you use cattle instead. And and so you kind of focus on that or, OK, you know, there's always a race to get the, get to the ships, which offer a baseline food commitment at the end of each round. And so I thought, you know, okay, this is really cool. You get to kind of choose how you're going to feed yourself, kind of like how you do in Agricola, where you, you know, there are a couple of major options. Are you going to feed yourself with animals or with with grain and, and vegetables? So then last Christmas, I got the physical board game to add to my collection of Uwe Rosenberg games. And that's when it really started to click because I did not have an app helping me. And I had to sit down and really read the rule book, remind myself of the rules, and play a solo game. And I played two solo games so far, which brought me up to 10 plays. So an interesting narrative that I wanted to mention about this game and how it applied to my life, it was, it was a very interesting parallel. And one that I think is applicable as, because I, I, th I think a narrative in a game is it makes it stand out in addition to just the math around crunching, you know, resource management and economics and things like that. So in Lahav, since it's such a tight game, it really takes a couple of rounds to make yourself feel like, okay, I've got a handle on how to feed myself. Now I can focus on wealth. I've noticed this in games like Brass and like Agricola as well. I guess it's a feature of some of these early economic games where you have to take loans and and struggle those first couple of rounds before you hit a turning point when all of a sudden you're making a profit, basically, and you get to focus on your actual victory points. In my life, and I think it may reflect all of those who have gone through, say, school and have taken out 
uh, personal loans or government loans to pay for school to you know be at the at the career that you're at right now. Uh, as a physician, I've had to do that, and it's been a real struggle to come to terms uh, with finances right now. And it, it particularly came at a point to when I started playing Lahav where things started to get tight in real life. And I'm not going to go into many details about that. But as I remember, I was playing my ninth game of Lahav and I would take, you know, one or two rounds before, you know, during a weeknight and then I would just save it on the table and come back to it. Um, it was around the time that I felt like I was really struggling financially and in in, in personally. And I saw myself doing this in Lahav as well. And it kind of made me sad. You know, I, I feel like sometimes we play board games to come out of our own worlds and into not only a different role, like, you know, a different time period, but say, you know, you, you go to a game where things are just working out so well, you know, every move is is beneficial. You're getting so many combos. It can feel a lot different than life and reality is. And so, you know, unfortunately, I was kind of struggling coming to the table again to play Lahav because I was struggling there and I had to take a loan, take another loan out. It's like, oh man, this is <laughs> this is reflecting life to a T. But then things started to shift. You know, resources accumulated. Uh, I was able to afford some buildings, make some interesting choices, you know, with the loan money to to purchase some of these buildings that I knew that I would need and also to build ships. And then slowly it started to get better. So by round four, round five, um, I could pay my loans off back, uh, pay them, pay them off and start to focus on the second portion of the game and actually getting victory points. It felt good. And in the weeks after I had finished that game, you know, things started to look better um, in my personal life. And so I saw that that reflection and the the joy that I had in the game, as opposed to the the misery and and struggle that I had at the, the first portion, how it turned into a more prosperous experience, um, juxtapositioned with the the experiences that I was having in my real life made it a, a more personal cl connection. I think I, I really, I, I really liked it. And, you know, I, like I mentioned, it kind of gives me the same feelings that I get playing some of my other favorite games like Brass and Agricola. And, and, and so that, that made it stand out to me, um, as a, a really interesting experience. And in my 10th game as well, you know, I knew the rules a little bit better, didn't have to take out any loans, whether that's a part of the strategy or not, that's to be determined. But um, yeah, I, it, it just made it sing a little bit more for me. So my my personal narrative experience with Lahav has been great at the end of it. I rate this game right now an 8 out of 10 on the Board Game Geek scale. The reason that it keeps, that I'm keeping it out of the 9 or the 10 spot right now is... I think experience with real players and having a multiplayer experience because the majority of my plays have been solo and unfortunately that limits the amount of buildings that you start out with. There are a lot more starting buildings with more players, of course, so there are options for everyone. 
In addition to that, one thing that kind of nags at me as well, it, maybe, and for the solo game in particular, is that you only, you have like a, a deck of six of the special cards. And with the version that I got, the complete edition of Lahav, it came with uh, Le Hambo, I think is the um, expansion and some promo cards as well were all included in Lahav, which was really cool to see that big stack of cards that are going to be different every game. But then I was kind of disappointed when you only can choose six of those. And then you, in the solo game, you only, you're flipping over three. Normally, I don't know if there's any other way to, to make that different. Maybe, and maybe I'm missing something, but only having three uh, of those options uh, come out and be able to play with every single solo game and made it feel a little bit too samey. Once again, I think if I am able to really wrap my head around the game a little bit more and and come to terms with strategy, it feels, you know, it may feel a little bit different each time how I come to the same conclusion because you compare it to other games, you know, every pretty much every game has the same conclusion, right? If we're talking euro games is to win by getting the most victory points. The, the journey is what makes it interesting to me. The variability that comes in games um, is what uh, the variability, the different routes that you take to get to your end goal, you know, is what makes a game worth replaying over and over again. And I felt like there wasn't enough of that variability with those special buildings that came out to add to the starting standard buildings that you have where you can say, okay, well, I know this playthrough, I know I have to get ships, I'm going to do that. I know I can use this type of building to you know, get a lot of resources. Okay, I can do that. I can use the shipping line versus um, you know, other means to get victory points at the end of the game. You know, I, I, I just felt like it was too rote um, with a little bit of variability to keep it interesting, and but not enough so for me to come back to it over and over again. Now, I think this will be different if I if you add the human variability experience as well. And and if this game were to ever come out on Board Game Arena, which I hope it does one day, it is one of the most requested games on Board Game Arena, then I will get that experience. I uh I'll I'll save my uh the majority of my thoughts for say a F- Fields of Arla, which I have played a lot of times now thanks to Yukata. Um, I'm approaching 10 games of that as well. The you know, solo experience that I had the first couple of times, and I and I own the game as well, has has been really nice, but it also kind of suffers from the same um, perspective, I think, that Lahav has with the limited amount of uh, replayable buildings. But having that experience now, playing against other players of different you know, experience levels, I've seen different strategies emerge. Um, and different avenues that I can take throughout the game, which has really opened up my eyes and definitely helps me want to play the game more than uh, 10 times and to go beyond. And so I think that same uh, experience and an opportunity would arise if I got the chance to do that with Lahav and with real, you know, real players at the table. So that's why it remains an 8 out of 10 for me. I'm happy to bring it back to the table as a solo experience once in a while just to you know re-engage with the the system and to think about how it has paralleled my own life 
uh, which which you know gives it a more personal connection and experience for me. But for my tastes and and the competitive edge that I enjoy with with board gaming, uh, which comes with variability and strategery, I think I do need that multiplayer experience at some point. And maybe I can get that by playing the app. I back to the app. I wish it was easier to play with real people. Um, I don't know if it's because of of the way that it was structured that it's I think you have to be like online at the same time to play with someone. So it's really hard to do async. And therefore, you know, one that's hard in and of itself. But now, since this app is pretty old, I don't think a lot of people are playing the app and looking to do so with human players. And so so I'm, I'm missing out on that opportunity, but I can still, now that I understand the game a little bit more, pull it out with the AI and see if that changes my experience too. Um, and maybe maybe that'll help it, you know, bump it up to a nine or something. So I'm looking forward to Lahav and playing it a little bit more. And I'm, yeah, you know, uh, Uwe Rosenberg just knocks out of the park for me. It's, it's the perfect puzzling uh, experience that I enjoy solo and... Uh, you know, solving that puzzle solo is great, but also the competitive competitiveness and tightness that it brings in the multiplayer experience is, is a, a, a great experience. And, um, I love it. So anyway, those are my thoughts on Lahav after 10 plays. Let me know what your experience is. Uh, you can do so by, you know, emailing out or even commenting on our YouTube channel and hope to engage with you in further discussions there. But for now, my name is Phil. Um, Thank you for coming in to the office, and we hope you schedule an appointment with your board game doctor real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can leave a review, catch us on YouTube, or reach out to us at boardgamedoctors at gmail.com.